Hi listeners, it's me Rudolf Skippers here with Mick Clark and we're doing a few fishy tales again today. Yeah, welcome listeners, it's great to be back again. Uh, as usual, we've got some little stories for you and a bit of information currently, what we've been up to and what's going on in the fishing world. So, what's the latest update, Rudolf? Yes, Mick, um, uh, I had a little chat to Gabby regarding Duke, a little penguin that we saved on the beach. Um, she gave us some nice um, info on Duke. Um, she's got a little voice note that she sent me, which we'll play now. And um, there's uh, three other little penguins that they kept there in their care. They've been released, um, and you guys can go follow it on the link that's added to the show and see how the three mates of little Duke have been released and are swimming back into the ocean safely. Morning, Rudolf. Um, yes, the three birds went off well. We uh, got bateliers to help us um, get them down to Port Elizabeth, and then our colleagues at Bayworld, um, the scientist Greg Hoffmeyer, um, assisted to release them onto the beach. And I'm sure you would have seen our Facebook page, etc., where they all ran off into the sea, and hopefully they will um, thrive. Yeah, they all got a good, clean bill of health before they left. And it's always wonderful to see the, the end result come full circle. Little Duke is um, just being treated again for um, another bout of parasites, but he's doing, she, sorry, she's doing really well, little Duchess Duke. Um, and hopefully she will be scheduled for release um, in the near future as well. Uh, please ask me specific questions if I've missed out any information. Um, and thank you very much for raising attention to our plights with these beautiful little animals. So, yeah, Mick, um, today we're going to chat a little bit about um, competition fishing. Um, I will talk from a shore-based point of view and you from boats, jet ski and surf ski fishing. So just a little bit of interesting info on competition fishing and why we love competition fishing so much. Yeah, it's a, it's a big subject, Rudolf, and I can't wait to talk about it um, so uh, let's look at the shore fishing then. If you wanted to get into uh, competitive shore angling, where would you start and what's it all about? Yes, Mick, um, competitive angling is, is something that I grew up with. It is something that my dad did and is still doing and that he passed on to me. So I think most of us in competitive shore angling is something that we, we sort of grew up with or we we met friends that are in it, and it's it's a, a passion we got involved with, and we don't do it for money or or anything else. It's just our our passion for the sport and conservation, and that's why we do it. So for us to start in competitive angling, you, we've got to join a local club. Each province have got a bunch of clubs within the province, so you join a local club, um, and it's a long process of learning, building yourself up, building up points. Um, and moving from a club scenario where you actually get chosen to represent your province, and then from there you can go and do the national competitions, and if you're lucky enough, you can get chosen to represent your country at the sport. Well, that's quite quite incredible, isn't it? And, of course, in this area where we're based in KZN, there's some really top-class anglers, yourself amongst them, Rudolf, but we've got some really competitive anglers in this area so anybody wanting to get in the sport there's a wealth of experience so where would you actually go then if you want to start competitive shore angling where would you start well mick the the best thing to do is to find out who um, what clubs fishing clubs are in your area 
it's always nice to join a club that is in your area where you live because then obviously your your club members are all in the area and you can become friends with them. Most guys, when they join a club, learn from the anglers in the club. That is a big stepping stone. There are professional guys in the club already and you fish with them um, on a social and competitive um, arena. So that's where you learn the most. So it's very important that you join a club that suits the way you fish and the area you live in. And yes, KZN is a very, very strong province. Currently, KZN is, is the biggest province when it comes to competitive angling with the most members. So when it comes to South African Championships, uh, KZN teams are always there in the reckoning. They, they're very strong and very good. And another reason, um, in my opinion, why KZN is so very strong in competitive angling, especially rock and surf, is because our fishing is so difficult here. We've, we've got one of the most difficult coastlines to fish rock and surf from weather conditions that are up and down constantly, um, seasons that vary. So for us to compete, it is very difficult. We work very hard for our fish. Um, most of the anglers in KZN know that if you don't work extremely hard, you're not going to catch fish. So I think that's one of the reasons why KZN is so strong when it comes to competitive angling. When we go and compete in other provinces like the Eastern Cape where there's a lot of fish, um, we always love going down there because for us it's like, wow, there's so much fish to be caught. Um, and the KZN and Zuland guys are used to working very, very hard for each little fish they catch. And I think that's one of the reasons that they are so good. Um, they are extremely competitive. You work very hard here for one little fish. You go down to the Eastern Cape and there's a lot of fish and the guys just blossom. Um, not that there aren't good anglers down the Eastern Cape. Some of the top anglers come from the Eastern Cape and the Southern Cape area. But the KZN boys always come through and do well because they are so used to working hard for their fish. That's really interesting, Rudolph. So what you said there is KZN is the hardest and you enjoy going down the Eastern Cape. So for the listeners, where's the easiest province to go fishing then? <laughs> oh, Mick, see now. <laughs> <laughs> put you on the spot. You put me on the spot now because we've all got our favorites. Yeah. Um, so... If you say where is the easiest coast to fish, I think most competitive anglers in South Africa would agree that it would be that Eastern Cape area, um, East London down to Jeffreys Bay, Southern Cape. It's easy in the sense that there's a lot of fish. There's always something oh, to be wow. caught. Um, I personally love that coastline. I spent a few years down there as well. And every time I go down there, I just realize what a lovely coastline it is. It's such a healthy coastline with so many fish. But it, it doesn't mean that we haven't got lots of fish in KZN. Um, during certain times of the year, we've got brilliant fishing here as well. And then the Eastern Cape guys would all love to come up here and catch the fish that we've got. So, yes, um, when I say easy, um, maybe easy for me um, in the Eastern Cape, but some other guys might find that Zuland and Atal fishing is easy. It's all relevant to, to the type of species we target as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I was teasing a bit there. There's, there's no such thing as easy fishing. It's, it's all about knowledge. And you mentioned earlier, Rudolph, I totally agree with you. It, joining a club in any aspect of angling is so, so important. Um, but if we just move on now to some of the um, competition angling I would get involved in, um, and I have to tell you that I don't really fish many competitions. I fully support competitions, but I don't tend to fish too many myself. Um, and probably the reason is I remember on the other planet where I used to live, <laughs> um, I once asked somebody... They mentioned the Freemasons, and I said, the Freemasons? Are you in the Freemasons? I said, isn't that a, a secret society? And the guy said to me, no, 
it's a society with secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me so much of fishing. When I, when I first started trying to get information about uh, saltwater, deep-sea angling, guys had these little notebooks what had been passed down <laughs> for generations with waypoints written in, and you had to transfer them over to your fish finder, and it was really like, it, it was like the secret society. But how times have changed in such a short period of time um, so I think if you ju- same story, if you join a club now, people are very forthcoming. Um, but on the competition side, I think we, I honestly believe we're moving away from the bonanza type of competition where you win the, one person wins a huge prize. Um, and the prizes are going to be spread out a bit more because I think if you're going to fish a competition, there's 200 people and there's one prize. Odds are, obviously, <laughs> two hundred to one. Yeah. Whereas if there's fifty top prize, if there's fifty prizes, you're going to get more entries. Yes. We have, of course, got a, a huge focus now on catch and release. Um, that I suppose ninety percent of anglers are behind catch and release now, for deep sea as well as shore fishing, which is a great achievement, you know. Um, so I asked you a question about where do you start with um, shore angling. Deep sea angling, I think, is a, a bit of a confusing question because where do you start? We spoke about skipper's tickets um, a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. Would, you, would a person go from knowing nothing to doing a skipper's course to being a deep sea angler? It sounds incredible, but people do that. They have no experience of the ocean. You jump on a ski boat and they start fishing and they go around and they don't catch much and they get disheartened with um, the whole thing. So... My advice would be exactly the same as yours. Join a club, get out there, put yourself about, ask the questions, uh, get in the tackle shops, ask the guys who catch fish, and you know the, the, the world's your oyster. You're going to get lots of information off these guys. Uh, so what do you think the future of competitions is? How do you think it's going to go over the next few years? Mick, um, I think there is a bit of a difference between shore angling competitions currently and ski boat competitions. Um, the way I see it, and I might be wrong about this, is that, that currently ski boat competitions are very prize orientated. So you enter a competition, the winning boat wins a bunch of prizes, um, et cetera, et cetera, where there aren't many shore-based competitions out there where there's prizes to be won. Um, and it's sort of evolved over the years. Um, competitive shore angling has been around for over 100 years. So I think when it comes to competitive shore angling, it's, it's always just been a family-orientated thing. Um, started those many years ago where guys formed these clubs and um, they went down to the beach in their ox wagons, spent a few days there and literally fished the competition and started keeping uh, sort of a, a log of the competition. So I think Barry Wareham was the first one. <laughs> no offense, Definitely Barry. He's yeah. been around for many years, one of the top anglers in KZN. But um, yeah, and so it's always been that uh, more of a family orientated thing um, for for me personally. When um, I fished with my dad um, when I was young, and when I and my my children, Michael, my son, started fishing with me, so it's always been that whole family environment around the club uh, competition fishing, where we go out, we have fun. But then there is that serious competitive side, and some club anglers might not want to get involved in that serious competitive side so they do the club fishing as a social event and still uh, learn from the top anglers within the club and in the union but stay 
sort of social within the club scenario whereas the other guys would say i am going to fish for my province and i want to get my essay colors i want to fish international competitions against other countries so there's two sides to it um but which both are very nice to do and um we both love uh, we love uh, both of those scenarios within our club because it keeps the clubs alive and, and full of spirit so we aren't driven by prizes i think um Maybe we're driven a bit by egos in <laughs> shore angling. Um, we want to be the best. And uh, so, yes, that's how I see it. Um, I, I, we do have the odd competition with our prizes we won. But I think we are sort of trying to steer away from prizes because as soon as you start putting prizes out there, the whole dynamic starts changing and a few elements creep in which we don't want in our sport. We want to keep it honest. We want to keep it clean. And we want to keep it fun and exciting. So... Um, one thing I really like about our competition structure that it is, um, it is competition driven but conservation driven at the same time, and that's where I see this whole thing heading: uh, competition fishing. Coming back to the ski boat or the deep sea side of things as well, I can see it on a daily basis where it's moving away from just going out there and slaughtering fish and loading the hatches full of fish, to a let's go out and do our sport, but conserve while we do the sport, catch fish. Certain fish species you can keep to eat obviously your pelagics but other species catch it put a tag in the fish release it and we start doing the scientific and conservation work with our sport that we love so that is the way i see it and and that's why i love competition fishing and competitive fishing is that link between the sport that i love and conservation mick and then um, uh, another little subject when it comes to prizes also linked to prizes is sponsors how do you see sponsors? How does it fit into your side of, of fishing? Yeah, that's a great question, Rudolph. Um, I have to tell you that without sponsors, there would be no <laughs> competitive deep-sea angling. That's that's my view. Um, the sponsors are so behind driving um, the growth of competition angling in South Africa. It's quite incredible. Um, and the, some of the big sponsors, I'm not going to name them. We, we know who those guys are. Year after year after year, come good or bad industry, um, whether it's a good or bad industry at the time, they will put that money in and the products in time after time after time. So, yeah, it's a, a huge shout out to all those big sponsors out there. Um, can I just pick up something you said there, Rudolph? Because you, you did a great explanation of the shore angling. I, I really didn't understand it. And, and to be quite honest, I actually didn't realize you didn't have sort of big prize competitions. It's so enthusiastic and it's so well supported. Um, it obviously costs guys a fortune to, to do competitive angling. Um, but one thing you didn't mention, and I've heard it mentioned and I haven't asked anybody, what on earth is a postal competition? <laughs> Please explain that one. <laughs> okay, Mick, so we've got two types of competition within our competition structure. Yeah. The one is called a common venue, and the other one is a postal. Yeah. So what a common venue means is that all the clubs in the area fish in one specific area for the day. So it's an eight-hour competition. Everybody fishes one area. So we all mix. All the club guys are fishing together witnessing each other's fish and doing it in a structural way where a postal means you as a club pick your water for the day so you've got an area from uh, Bashi River in the Eastern Cape till um, up in at Cozy Bay at the uh, border of South Africa that is the KZN area if I'm correct I, I'm talking under correction but I think that was the last which the areas were 
So you can pick a stretch of a like a predetermined area, say eight kilometers or fifteen kilometers, and you fish that area for your eight-hour comp. So you go to your club guys the captain normally picks these areas a lot of homework goes into it a lot of phoning around finding out where the fish are so you pick an area uh, say for instance it's february and it's hot and there's diamond rays or butterfly rays around the captain would say guys we're going to Tanzini. we're fishing in Tanzini area we're going to target butterfly rays we're starting at say two o'clock in the afternoon fishing over the turning tide into the evening uh, eight hour competition so that's a postal so the the club picks the area they fish so that that is very we all enjoy our postal competitions because then we can pick our own water but then the the common venues is a different type of competition so we're all thrown into a little basket together there's two three hundred anglers fishing on top of each other which makes it very very competitive there's no hiding away uh, there's 10 guys standing right next to you seeing what you're doing so that's where the skill comes in is the artificial guys within that um in that sort of co compact uh, environment so that's the difference you get a postal competition and a common venue competition within your club structures so when it comes to south african championships um the structure works with different um i'm talking specifically rock and surf now um just to go back one step quickly within our competition structure we've got different categories and that's where this whole family environment comes in and which makes the type of competition I do so nice is that you've you've got your juniors division. Um, so the youngers, the young people from uh, till they can start fishing till 16 years old, boys and girls mixed. Then you get your under 21 division, you get your ladies division, then you get your seniors division. Um, seniors are under 21s till uh, 50 years old. Then you get your masters. Your masters are between the ages of 50 and 60. And then you get your grandmasters, which are 60 years and older. And you'll be quite surprised to see how many grandmasters still fish actively and are healthy. Guys in the 80s still fishing. Um, oh, wow. It's unbelievable. So that's a that's a nice part of the sport. It actually, you can start, it's like golf. You can play it from when you're young to um, when you pass retirement. So it's, it's an ongoing sport. It's not a, There's no time linked to it. So you just move up to the next stage, the older you get, and obviously it gets a bit slower. Um, but when it comes to our South African, South African um, tournaments, or the sh we uh, call it the nationals, the structure stays the same f uh, for all the divisions. We fish uh, generally over a week period. So we'll arrive on the Saturday. Sunday we'll get together for the opening function, and then we'll fish um, in this, it's a little bit different with seniors and ladies sometimes and masters and grandmasters, but under the seniors uh, division, we will fish for four days in that week. Um, the, f the areas will be predetermined and the days will be predetermined. So there'll be one rest day in the middle and we normally like to fish Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a rest day, and then Thursday, Friday, fish again, Friday night prize giving, and Saturday everywhere is home. But we've had it where there's been extreme weather conditions where, for instance, the Monday or the Tuesday is unfishable, it's giant seas, and they will use that as our rest day and fish for four days in a row. And, I, and a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's a relaxing competition, um, you know, the guys go there and have a holiday. I always remember my boss that I worked for um, many years ago when I said to him, I'm going to SA Champs, he said, oh, you must have a nice holiday. And when I come back from the, <laughs> the championship, I used to say to him, I need a few days to rest. He says, why? Because you've been sitting on a chair 
casting about out drinking beer. You know, he doesn't understand. <laughs> and the guys don't realize how much work it is. You work your backside off every day. You walk at least 20 kilometers a day with all your gear. And then you spend the whole day wading, swimming out to banks, running up and down. So it's extremely hard work. But that's what we do. We love that type of competition. So, yeah, it's a it's a four-day competition for us, eight hours a day from seven till three. Um, it might change a little bit if there's extreme conditions. Um, and at the end of the day, it's all about pride. Um, there's no big prizes for us to be won. Teams get selected. Um, uh, we Different uh, invitation teams. And then, obviously, the South African Springbok team, which in the senior division is made out of six um, anglers. So, out of the... Thousands of anglers in South Africa that fish so well, they only pick the top six in South Africa. And to throw a span in the works, you don't get chosen on one year's points. You can only be eligible for selection after three years' points. So you've got to perform well for three years in a row. And if you've never been in the side, you've literally got to be in the top three in South Africa, number one, two, and three, over three years to be chosen for the South African side. So it's a very, very difficult team to make. Um, and it, it, guys really put their life into it. Um, and lots of anglers fish for 20, 30 years and never even make a side. So it's a really uh, a thing we do for the, for the love of the sport and the passion for the sport. So yeah, Mick, um, there's lots I can talk about the whole competition structure and how it works, but in, in the nutshell, that's how it works. Very simple. Um, and we all love it because we make friends all over the country. Wherever we travel, we meet people that we've competed against, and it's like one big family of fishermen. And that's just in the shore angling side of it. Um, then it branches out to the, to the deep sea and it just spills over. So it's a very, very nice um, competition for us to be involved with. What a great summary that is of um, competitive shore angling, Rudolph. Um, we're, we're pretty much running out of time now, but I'd like to continue this um, conversation on the next episode because it's absolutely fascinating. But when I originally asked you the question and, and I asked you, can you explain the postal competition I wasn't expecting such a, a good answer like that. And I honestly um, thought you were going to say something <laughs> along the lines of, you can go where you want and you just send a letter or a postcard <laughs> and, and tell, them, tell the authorities what you'd actually caught. And I thought, it can't mean that, surely. So I know there's not many dishonest people in South Africa, but it can't mean that. And I thought... Maybe you get the fish and you package it up and you post it back in <laughs> wait. I have no idea. So Maybe yeah, the I, I planet you come something. from, Mick, that previous planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the strange planet <laughs> I come from. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I, I think we'll tie it up from this episode, Rudolph. So, listeners, from me, uh, it's been a great show. Thank you. We'll um, speak to you next week. Yes, Mick, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to chat again next week.